just because of what's happening in Israel right now, I was like, man, we should be talking about whether, you know, killing in the name of God is right or not. Well, I think we already kind of talked about that, even with all the wars and stuff in the Bible. But yeah, comma, add a comma to that. I also ain't paid. I know it's going on, but I haven't paid that much attention to for me to speak, I guess. You should. It could be affecting us pretty quickly. <clears throat> I guess in the name of God, we'll have to hope <laughs> it, it, it doesn't and ends and not for them much too longer because it's definitely <laughs> stuff like Very that. Oh, never mind. Never mind. What? Now, I was going to ask you to expound on what you were talking about, how it could impact America, because I had heard another conversation about that. So I was just trying to. Well, we already have half a fleet in the Mediterranean now because of it. Like, they're gonna, they're either gonna assist Israel because Israel's obviously a close ally. So our military, especially our navy, is either gonna be assisting Israel or just giving them weapons. But which I mean, we've already done before. But if it keeps going, yeah, we could be shooting. At Gaza, along with them. I see. Mm -hmm. Plus, <clears throat> our support of Israel is uh, a direct contributor uh, to 9-11. It was cited as one of the main reasons. And it, it all comes back to which God you're fighting in the name of, you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, boom shakalaka. Top of the world. Top of the world. Yeah, top of the world. Top of the world. Yeah, top of the world. Top of the world. Yeah, top of the world. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Worst Ones Podcast. This is the safe place for preachers' kids to come and be the worst. I apologize for my hoarse voice. I'm not even really sure why I'm this hoarse, but I woke up like this in the name of Beyonce. Um, my name is Rudy Wilson. I am a preacher's kid. We got Terry Weezy in the building. He's a preacher's kid. Jay Rihanna in the building. She's a preacher's kid. And Princess Kelly is on her way, but she is also a preacher's kid. Um... Janessa, let's start with you. How art thou? I'm okay. It's been a busy week. Um, but that's every week these days. So just out here living. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Terry Weezy. Uh just getting by right now. Um I'm, I'm uh we are entertaining my father in law. Uh, we'll be driving into Memphis tomorrow. Uh, so it's about three and a half hours each way. But, you know, just go and see the few things that are worth seeing in Memphis. Mainly food places, to be honest. You know, gotcha. barbecue, Gus's fried chicken, places like this. You know, Beale Street. Gotcha. Drive by Elvis's house. I'm not going in there again. Are you going to drive by uh, Glorilla's house as well? No. <laughs> Do you even know who Glorilla is? Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I. Mm. Big Glow. 
Big glow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> I did. I did spend my youth in the same neighborhood that gave us three six mafias. So you know. we're talking about your adulthood. She just came out in the last year. Oh well, I'm just saying. Like, so, you know. gotcha. You still connected to the hood. I, I still, I still got some roots. Yeah, I got you. I understood. Mean, My bad. Forgive yeah. me. <laughs> Forgive me. Mm-hmm. I made people. I made people in the neighborhood nervous for a different reason. You know, oh. I go walking down the street. They're like, "Oh, who's getting foreclosed on? Why is he here? <laughs> He's here to yeah, repo somebody's very car." Very nice. Very professional. Like you had to go to work today. You said what? Well, uh, his hair, hair looks very oh. nice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Like you had I to go grew, to work today. I grew it myself. Problems. Yep. Terry, you might have enough to get some braids now on the top. Mm-hmm. They, they can grab some of that side. I don't, I don't want that. That's appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you know, I love, I love that argument that people say, oh, like a super, you know, you know who I'm talking about, that, that it's appropriation. I'm like, aren't braids originally from like Nordic countries? Like, didn't they start that? I don't know. Me either. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they started with Vikings, but anywho, maybe um, I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. It's all dumb. I'm not braiding my hair because I don't like it. <laughs> uh, Kelly Leezy, how are you? Hey, doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, well, I guess the only thing I can say is I think last time we had talked about kickball. My previous kickball game where I was not that great. Mm-hmm. The last kickball game, I scored. There you go. There you go. Yep, I made it past third. I scored. Um, we won four to one, so I felt really, really good about that. We played. You scored tomorrow. a quarter of the goals. I did. I scored 25%. the one that we needed to win. Oh, you got the game winner. Win. Right. So, well, how's that? The one that you only needed the second one to win. Oh, okay. That that would be in sports terms uh, known as the go ahead run. As in you go ahead of the other team. Yep. So I went ahead. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I (laughs) fit. Wait, Kelly, did you kick the ball? Yes. So I kicked the ball. So what happened was the person in front of me, there was four balls. And so she got to walk. Mm -hmm. And then I kicked. Um, and made it to first, and then I had to go each first to second, second to third, and then third to home. Okay. Um, on walks or like hits where you run? Well, hits. So the first one was a, mm-hmm. that, well, that wasn't mine. The girl before me walked, but the mm-hmm. rest of them I had to run. Okay. Yep. Good. Um, so it was good. Um, so I was excited about that. I'm excited about tomorrow. Um, I haven't been excited about like a sport in. Um, <laughs> Ever probably <laughs> cheerleading, um, but yeah, so I'm excited. I, I felt good, like I said last time. I felt like you know, you know, everybody at the end of the game, like, good job, we did well, blah blah blah. blah. Even when we lost, you know, everybody's like super encouraging, and you know, like, you're one of the reasons why you lost, but like, thanks, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> the last week, I felt really good, right? 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 <laughs> we'll see what I do tomorrow. I'll let you know next week. Is the team y'all playing good? Like, are they, are they... The team that we're playing, yes, tomorrow I think is pretty good. Okay. So I work for elementary school. The team that we play tomorrow is a high school. And if you know anything about, um, like, teachers, a lot of people flock to a lot of 
prior athletes flocked to high school because they wanted coach, coach sports. Right, right. And so you have a lot more um, athletes, former athletes, um, on those high school teams versus elementary school teams. So it should be interesting. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I didn't realize this was like a, a, a school thing. Yep, so it was with my school. Yeah, yeah, so it was with my school. Hmm. Super competitive. My boyfriend came out last week, and he was just like, oh, my God, like, y'all so competitive, and y'all <laughs> argue and fight, and, like, y'all act like this is NFL football. <laughs> it was it was super serious, but we won, and I'm excited. How long is the season? How many more games do y'all have? Um, so I think we have two more regular season games and then playoffs and then championship. Wait a minute, Kelly. You just started. Know, like <laughs> five games. I think it was like five games. We had a bye week and then playoffs and gotcha. then champion. Well, go ahead and send me the schedule so I okay. can, you know, try to make okay. it. Okay. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I don't know what your schedule looks like tomorrow, but I'll let you know about tomorrow. Okay, we're going to miss the whole season. <laughs> I appreciate your support. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. That's what's up. Congratulations. That's Thank good. you. That felt really good. That's still feeling good. Riding in high. Gotcha. 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 Uh, well, all is well with me. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I don't know really why my voice is so hoarse. Uh, yesterday, I felt like I was, like my, my throat started tingling, like I was trying to catch a cold. So I, you know, overloaded myself with golden seal and, and vitamin C. And so now the tingle is, is long gone. But for some reason, I don't know, it, it, it took my voice. I don't know if that's a, if the abscess is jumping in with it or what's going on, but you know, yeah, for whatever reason, it, it, it got me a little hoarse today. So, um, but nonetheless, uh, we are discussing today our motivational preachers. Uh, as Janessa brought up last week, do you remember your point last week of how you brought this up, Janessa? Um, or even just your, your thought behind this? I'm trying to think where we were. I know we were talking about uh, how pastors today are having to kind of reteach the basics mm -hmm. and how I was saying that uh, a lot of the motivational, there's not a lot of Bible teachers and preachers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like these mm -hmm. days it's more motivational speakers mm -hmm. who may take a phrase of a scripture and build like a whole series on it mm. and it's oftentimes like god i don't know nearby jason. yeah god <laughs> adjacent <laughs> god adjacent it's kind of like god adjacent right. plus some nice fluffy good stuff mm. so um is that, I guess, becoming, is that where Christianity or is going as, I don't know. I, I honestly low-key feel like that's been going on for a while. I mean, I, I definitely know that with the internet, um, we can we have more access to see a lot of the productions that are happening nowadays. Because even outside of, uh, just say, the preachers themselves, I was discussing with somebody yesterday, what they were discussing with me, rather about um, just the theatrics that happen in church nowadays. Like there's a lot of smoke, there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of, what's it called, pyro tech, whatever. Like there, there's just a lot going on, even in praise and worship. Um, and then I know even last week, either you or Janessa or Kelly, one of y'all I think kind of alluded to some preachers doing, I guess a lot of, I don't know if y'all said act out to use a lot of props <laughs> or something like that. Um, 
I mean, is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think it definitely has gotten more animated for sure. But uh, the the motivational preaching, in my personal opinion, I think been probably going on about the last twenty years. Not necessarily with everybody, but definitely with a lot of the preachers that I've seen on TV. Uh, I don't know if we want to start name dropping, in here, but, but there's there's definitely popular um, bishops and pastors that I've seen on TVN or the Word Network or whatever the case may be, who, you know, the the message is more about in, inspiring you to what you can kind of get from God if you do X, Y, B, Z, as opposed to, you know, preaching about, I don't know, the kingdom of God or other principles or even just other stuff that we've kind of talked about our fathers uh, doing. But to me, I think it's been going on for a lot longer than just say the, the, the newfound internet age. And that's so unfortunate. I think one of my favorite and favorite is, is may not be the right word, um, but I use it for now. Parts of a sermon is is that space where I'm convicted. Um, I feel like in that space where I'm like, ooh, you know, he just cut me. Ooh, he's talking to me. Ooh, I'm uncomfortable here because I know that he has said something to me um, that has pierced my spirit and, and what it is that I am or I'm not supposed to do versus right. um, the motivational speakers where, like you said, it's it's fluff, it's fluff and it's beautiful and it's pretty and it's wrapped up nicely. And, it, you know, when it has all of these extra animations and theatrics to go with it and at the end of it, you know, I feel good and ready to go attack the world. And to me, that isn't always what a sermon is about. Um, that when you get a word for someone that is anointed, a preacher versus a speaker, then it there there are those uncomfortable moments. It's not always a feel good time. It's not always, you know, I go out now when I can, you know, you giving me these three steps to change my behavior. Now, sometimes there's this unpacking of what is going on in my spirit and the healing right. that needs to happen spiritually before I can move forward. Right. Where I feel like, um, uh, preachers, pastors sometimes packages in this way that every time you leave, you feel good. And to me, that's just not, that's not, that's not church every time. That's not church for me every time. Wow. And I like that accountability of sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, it, you know, and I think it speaks to, you can't just go to church for an hour and a half, two hours every Sunday. Um, and that's all you have. Sometimes mm -hmm. when I leave church, I am forced to go and have my quiet time and my personal time with God um, to move forward my own spirituality because of some of, of what was said in the sermon. Mm -hmm. Well, just because someone's a preacher, uh, an anointed does not mean that what they're saying is good or healthy in any way possible. Uh, and I only say this because the other podcast we were just discussing, um, what uh, Jesse Peterson, do you guys know who this is? Nope. Jesse Peterson. You should look him up. He's Are pretty he's wild. He a he's, preacher? He's a preacher? or Yes. And he is has he a, a self-proclaimed preacher? Is he anointed? No, he, no he is. He is an actual pastor. Um, what is he oh, can I, I about to say I, I know Jesse Peterson. I don't know if I realized he was a uh, a pastor though. Yeah, I know. Is. I know Jesse. Yeah, he's real controversial. Yeah, he he's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty wild. This guy here. Uh, 
I don't know if y'all can see the. It's a little bright, but yeah, just Google him on your phone. I, I've definitely seen him before. He's getting more and more popular. He's about half a million followers on uh, on YouTube. But, I, right but now. I don't, I don't, I don't. Is he actually getting popular for like preaching though? Because I, I, I didn't even. No, I'm no, about to say no. yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know he was a preacher till you said it just now. But I definitely no. know who he is for sure. Yeah. No. He he was. He's said he said he basically does interviews now with right. other people. Like right. I, the first time I saw him, he was doing an interview uh, with a black comedian, and uh, just so the ladies know, he's a black preacher too. Um, but he says, no, Jim Crow laws were the right thing to do. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's very misogynistic. He's mm -hmm. very, very mm -hmm. racist in a really weird way. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, anyway, um, but then again, you have, you know, motivational speakers is a whole nother thing. I, Kelly, did you watch any Tony Robbins? In I couldn't remember the name. Oh, it's Tony Robbins. But yeah. I could not remember the name. He's he's the uh, he's the most as far as I know he's the most popular uh, uh, what motivational speaker out there, um, you know. And he's made crazy money on it. And you know what? For some people, if they need that, you know, if they need that separation from religion just to you know feel good, go for it. But somebody like me that you know. That's the last thing when I'm in a hard time or I'm, you know, trying to get myself out of something. The last thing I want to hear is somebody else's advice about, oh, just being positive and staying positive and this and that. I mean, come on, man. Like, I, part of me feels like those motivational speakers are, are kind of scam. You know, they're kind of just con artists that dupe people who are, you know, either weak minded or, you know, weak in their will. Um, but the other part of me empathizes with those people. And it's like, yeah, maybe they do just need like a coach, you know, to motivate them and get them off the bench. So I don't know how I feel about motivational speakers, but when it comes to preachers, uh, you know, you preach whatever way you're, you know, is, is drawn to you to do, but make sure it comes back to scripture at some point, you know, as the point. And I guess to me, that is, that is the difference. I don't have any issue with motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think people can use inspiration and motivation and, you know, those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have. I've done self-help books and all of those things. And I enjoy a good TED talk from here, you know, every now and again. Um, but I think the difference is, like you said, the for a preacher, the scripture is the point, not just a point like Janessa was saying and you take a phrase or a part of it and you do no other biblical research it's just I like these couple of words I like this phrase and then I'm going to create a speech based off that without mm -hmm. knowing the context in which it was stated mm -hmm. in, the, in the before and after you know usually mm -hmm. there's a you know there's a story there's verses there's all of that that goes along with it versus just a short phrase that sounds good feels good and so I, I, uh, I agree with you. Um, and like I said, and we've also talked about, and I'll be done. We, we've also talked about not everybody deserves the pulpit. Not everybody mm. deserves to be on the pulpit. Mm. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, people can call themselves preachers and have a church or a pastor and have a church and have a following, um, you know, and be able to preach y'all can't see my air quotes on 
um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify mm-hmm. to preach <laughs> to others, you know, but I feel like there's a difference between preaching the gospel, preaching the word and motivational speaking. Not saying that motivational speaking is wrong by by any means, but it is not preaching the gospel. It is not leading me to God. It is making me feel better. It is making me, you know, giving me some strategies as attempts to, you know, wake up earlier and seize the day, mm. you know, <laughs> but <laughs> not saving my soul, um, you know, for the goal of following Christ and going to heaven when I die. Oh, well, they're two, they're two <clears throat> different things and they should stay separate. Right. I think Agre- like agreed. just, yeah, now, cause I mean, you know how many revivals I've been to in my life where it's all energy. You know, it's all energy and it's all how, you know, how you say it, how you do it. Um, but at the same time, that's a one once a year kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and not to mention, you don't know who's there that day. You don't know if it's just your congregation. You might have visitors. You might have new folks. You know, you don't want to give them the wrong impression either. But. Yeah, and I, I think <clears throat> I think there's a fine balance because like there are a lot of people who are going to show up to church, especially even a revival or something like that, who are like, I mean, they like life is letting their ass happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they do low-key like need a pick-me-up, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to um just say biblical principles. But I think it, it, it you know, like it's, it's a fine line because you can lean more into that than picking somebody up with just say, you know, the appropriate principles, but just maybe having a certain delivery or a certain whatever that will help pick them up. Cause like if, if, if I'm and, and, and maybe that's even an issue, I don't really know how you necessarily fix it, but if people are showing up to church just because something is wrong and they're looking for this word to make them, you know, have more hope about their situation, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of where, because really, realistically, like low key Sunday services are kind of motivational altogether. Like there's a lot of uh, services, especially if people have like multiple services in a Sunday, the, the service about an hour, 15 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Like you getting a, a song or two, you know, the word, take up offering and get out so we can get the next group of people in. It's not even like a sit here, you know, and then that's when, of course, Bible study is more teaching, whatever like that, but Bible study is historically empty in anybody's church. You know what I'm saying? You can have 30,000 members uh, or a sanctuary that can seat 30,000 people and Bible study going to have 500. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like people just don't really go to Bible study. It's midweek. It's way more uh, tedious learning. It's way more, you know, instructional as opposed to if I show up on Sunday Praise and worship can make me feel better. The word can make me feel better. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've done my due diligence of attending church this week. So God is going to cover me. God is going to, you know, turn my situation around. They, I praise them like they said. They said if I send praises up, by the time I get home, that, uh, <laughs> that unexpected check going to be in the mail or, you know, <laughs> that car that I wanted is going to come. Or what, like all of these things I've heard in church my whole life and not necessarily from Bishop James H. Morton, who I was under, but just being in the church atmosphere, being at revivals, being at whatever, like it, 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 it always, I ain't gonna say always, but a lot of times, now that I'm looking at it in hindsight, look, uh, seemed more motivational and more inspirational than it did 
I guess, like giving you like structure or even conviction or even, you know, it, it's almost about like, since you're here, since you're in the presence of God, you can now get this, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's whatever, it's, it was always more like, since you came to church or if you were bold enough to walk down here to the altar afterwards to give your life to Christ, you know what I'm saying? Cause even that, like you can walk down to the altar you can repeat after the pastor. That don't necessarily mean you giving your life to Christ. And I think Kelly, you've said it on this podcast at some point before, like, cause it's still the actual, you know, act of what the scripture says is, um, is, is what, you know, determining what is, whether you're actually saved or not. But a lot of rituals, a lot of practices, a lot of traditions, a lot of, you know, religious things, um, because they become so routine and even going to church on Sunday can become so routine. I think a lot of it gets looked at and even used as motivation, not even just the people in the service providing motivation, but people in the congregation are coming looking for motivation. When people are going through nowadays, they even look on YouTube for a sermon that can speak to what it is they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I think that whole narrative has just been implanted in people in general from the receiver as well as the provider of, you know, the ministry, if you will. So, you know, I, I agree. I forgot who said it, that motivational speakers and preachers, they can coexist, uh, just not in the same space. Was that Kelly and Terry? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I agree with that too. I think something that's kind of been, on my mind about it is when you now have a greater number of motivational speakers versus Bible teachers, preachers, whatever. And so, you know, certain lessons are being taught and other lessons are not. Um, how that translates into people's real lives. Mm. Um, Cause I do like to not even say like to think, I do think the teachings that I got in Sunday school, Bible study, at home, wherever, absolutely, you know, molded me to who I am, the things that I'm willing to do, not going to do, not trying to do. I know I'm going to get in trouble if I'm going to do, you know, like you kind of get these boundaries and, and things, whatever. Well, when you're only getting the motivational part, you're not getting, like Kelly said, the conviction, the correction, because God corrects us because he loves us. See, but that lesson doesn't want to get taught. We want to open up the window, pour you out a blessing in. Mm -hmm. um, and so when the correction or the conviction comes, I don't know how to handle it or deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, we're so focused on Oh, <laughs> preaching that word, preach that word. <laughs> no, but we get so focused on like the blessings and bless you abundantly that you won't have room to whatever, but then we don't focus on the Ten Commandments, like so now we, mm. people don't feel any conviction about lying or mm. coveting or mm. adult, you know, sleeping with somebody's wife or kind of like what we consider the basics. Like if you don't have that and, you know, kind of ingrained in you, you I want to say for lack of better words, like your moral compass is kind of off to mm. filter. Mm. And it's sometimes a little troubling to think that there's this whole generation kind of coming up in this motivational speaking world and not bible teaching world who are kind of getting that type of mindset mm. and that's like it's just going to keep going they're going to have kids and you know we've seen how 
the world, but also like church culture has changed from when we were kids to our friends who are having kids now. Like it's not the same. And so when we have our kids and their kids, the world is not going to be the same, but it just kind of seems like the whole motivational speaking versus uh, actual Bible teaching, preaching mm-hmm. long term is going, it's just dumbing. I don't want to say dumbing down, but just diluting down, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> the Bible, mm-hmm. the instructions, the boundaries, the things that God has told us to do. So, yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Hey, y'all, sorry to interrupt, but we have a few church announcements. Follow us on Instagram at The Worst Ones PK. New content coming soon. We also have a TikTok at The Worst Ones PK. No content yet, but continue to check us out. If you want to, no, when you listen to our podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. So make sure you type in The Worst Ones Podcast and you'll find us. And when you get there, make sure you like, you comment, you subscribe, and you share. Thank you to our 500,422 followers. We love you so much. Now, back to the show. But just to what you said, Janessa, uh, because you you said it like what we grew up in was different and what people are in today is different. And when your kids, it'll be even more different. Are we are we saying this because we truly believe it's right or are we saying it because it seems different from what we had, which, you know, automatically draws out a, a negative response from people in general? You know, um, I mean, how many old people have you said, well, back in my day, we did this way. We used to, you know, because the big one online is like or at least on Facebook is like, you know, when I was a kid, we drank from the hose. And it's like, yeah, and it was gross. We drank from the hose when I was a kid, and it was nasty. It tasted nasty, probably had bacteria in it. It doesn't make it right just because we used to do it, you know? So I'm specifically talking about, like, youth ministry. Okay. And, and Rudy and Kelly know, like, that was a big thing. The conferences was a big thing. The, the steps team, the dance ministry, the hallelujah night, the, sli- the lock-ins, like, all of that, that was a big piece of us growing up the lock-ins what everybody was getting down i remember (laughs) but that was like i mean i probably spent more time doing church activities than other activities that's Mm -hmm. how influential the youth ministry was Mm -hmm. but today in a lot of churches even my own church the youth ministry is not on that level there is no more or there aren't that many conferences that i know of Mm-hmm. Um, there's no lock-ins. There's there's no hallelujah night. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that we used to do, a lot of that is not happening anymore for a variety of reasons. So mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like I always anticipated whenever I got married and had kids, oh, they're gonna be in youth ministry, they're gonna mm-hmm. be on the usher board, they're gonna sing mm-hmm. in the choir, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the activities they got at the church, the kids mm-hmm. gonna be there. But now we're in this <sighs> where you know you can watch online. You can or can't, may not show up in person. The youth ministry may or may not be there. So what do I do then? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying is different. And so by the time our kids have kids, will they even know what youth church is? No, they're going to be flying rocket ships to the moon and whatnot. <laughs> I, think, I, think it's, I think it's even more dangerous because of the adults that are in this this generation that you talk about, Janessa, because for one, we have, of course, the people who we may have grew, grown up with in church 
who don't go to church at all. So now their kids, you know, have the lack of access. But even in a lot of these motivational preachers that I may see, uh, like the services that I may see, like on YouTube, like this is this is, you know, big sanctuaries or arenas full of adults who are the parents of these kids who are, you know, in lack, you know, and even and this is no knock, you know, to your dad, Kelly, by any means. But even just the fact that your dad is still having to be that person at the conference, you know, what I'm saying that is, you know, what I'm saying is that person for the youth like. Nobody else probably even can can can, you know, tie his shoes when it comes down to doing what it is that he does. But that's also as good as he is at it. And if he wants to do it to his grave, fine. But the fact that it seems like there's probably nobody who could even replace him to that level. That's kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? Because my dad is 63. Right. You know and you saying? would hope, right, that there is a, he's 63 and he's no longer a youth pastor. Right. right, um, right, right. And so I know I understand exactly what you're saying, that there right. should have been a successor at this point. Right. Someone younger, someone um, more relatable in, in, in some, you know, some senses of the word right. um, to be able to take over something as big as full gospel at right. this point. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. Like there should be somebody who was his age when we were right. their, their exactly. age. You know what I'm saying? But exactly the fact that it's the same person who was the person when we were their age. Exactly. Is scary. You know what I'm saying? Years ago. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 it's almost frightening. But it, it and it, I love it, your dad and that time to go to class song is classic. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And even and even as I teach kids the books of the Bible, like I'm definitely gonna be using the songs that I learned <laughs> from, from, from the leaves, one thousand percent. But it's still gonna be me doing it as a I turn 34 next month, but as a 34-year-old, as opposed to you know, my dad or your dad or somebody who's in their 60s, you know what I'm saying, still trying to, because for one, even even in your 60s, like there's there's a lot of even people needing to be passing the torch for the adults, let alone even for, you know, the kids. Like pastors don't necessarily need to always have to pastor until they go into the grave. You know what I'm right. saying? Like overseeing maybe one thing, but being the lead pastor and you're 70, 80, you know, 90 years old or whatever. Right, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But wow. but it's but even but even that, you know, um I think just shows the 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 lack of I don't know if it's growth or, or whatever word you want to use, but it's there's not there there's definitely a difference between what it is that we experience and what they're experiencing now. And I think there will always be a difference. I just think the wrong difference is being made now when now even going back to the whole like preachers using props and stuff like that i think all of that is fine once again as long as the 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 main thing is the main thing like you're not you're not doing this just to hype me up or to gas me up you're using these props or whatever it is that you're using to as just a different teaching tool for the you know the the the, the basic principles or the bible principles you know, that I, that I need to know, but even there's a lot of people going back to the books of the Bible song that don't even, I watch adults struggle to find the book. Like when the pastor say turn to such and such, they don't know if it's a new Testament, old Testament, and they don't even remotely know if it's, you know, after the gospel before, you know, before like they, they just, they go to the table of context or just flipping through to try to herb and find it. And, And that, that speaks volumes to, just say the back in our day lessons versus even 
now. And the scary part is it's a lot of adults too. Well, in preaching to the grave, like, is there is there a preacher's four hundred one k? Like, how do you just some some people get some people set themselves up, but not all. I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't I don't think there's a <clears throat> a strict retirement plan for preachers. You know, like you either do it yourself or it don't get done. And I think to the grave, I think some of some pastors are. Like passionate about it. Like mm-hmm. I can see my dad doing it until um, first of all, no offense, Terry. Black don't crack. So my dad is 63, <laughs> but when everybody look at him, they can't tell that he is 63. So one, right. my dad may be up there 75 yeah. in function as a 50-year-old man. It looked right. like a yeah. black black don't crack, but right. it does get ashy. So <laughs> That's what that's what we my friends used to say. We don't claim that. He said right, that's what my family that. used to say. <laughs> no, no, I said I said that's what my friends used to say in that's, Memphis. That's one. Anywho, yeah. so I think that's the first oh thing. But gosh. I wanted to go back to like the um not animations, but the illustrations mm-hmm. that preachers, pastors use. So my dad has always been big on illustration. Like he'll bring out a little plastic knife mm-hmm. and and all sorts of stuff since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But it was still um, like I said, and I don't have an issue with it because it was still tied to the teaching um, mm-hmm. and biblically based. And, and that wasn't the point. It was just like you said, another um, modality to bring the sermon together. Mm-hmm. I meant to watch this again, or and I think they did a follow-up interview afterwards. But I don't know if you guys remember the pastor in Oklahoma had and I can't remember what his sermon was, and I don't even know if it was about the blind man, but he spit in his hand and mm-hmm. then put it my, on the my, face my, of, my, of his brother, Todd. yeah, Michael Todd, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember if it was even the story of the blind man, and I, I can't remember why he mm. spit in his hand or whatever. Mm. Spit it, I think he's—I don't even think he spit in the hand. I think he spit directly in the person's face. I think he spit on his hand and then rubbed it. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and I remember that was such a. a a, a big thing on social media mm-hmm. um, just about the necessity of that illustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, I meant to watch, he did a follow-up interview about that afterwards and I meant to watch it. But to me, I feel like those are one of those moments where are we going too far? Mm-hmm. Are we going too far to attract people for the wrong reasons? Mm-hmm. Um, bodily fluids are just gross in general, and to put it on someone else for any reason is mm. just not okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I heard rumors, and I don't know if that was his brother or what, but it's it, 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 yeah, it brother. Mm. I have a brother, mm. and he cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never ever. Well, was this was this like an anointing? Because no, you know they no, used the rub. It was an illustration in his in his in his sermon. In his sermon. Okay. And I like All I said, right. and I meant to rewatch it before I got here because when we when we brought it up last week, that was the first thing that came to my head. In are we going too far left um, to to show a point? Mm. Um, versus being, you know, do we feel like just what is in the Bible no longer is enough for? people mm-hmm. do we feel like just doing basic the basic teachings the abcs you know mm-hmm. the 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 books of the bible do we mm-hmm. feel like that that's no longer enough to draw in people um to draw in tithes and offering to draw in the the numbers the popularity on social media the followers that that we have to result to things like that and i like mock tide 
I've, I've, I read his book about uh, love and marriage and I listened mm. to a couple of his sermons, but in, and again, I meant to watch that sermon in its entirety and the interview before today, but I did not get a chance to, but that was just one thing for me where I'm like, where are we, even as pastors, where are we moving to in mm. order to draw the people in? Mm. And is that the appropriate way to move? Is that the right path to draw people in? Yeah. Uh, just before before mm -hmm. we get too far away from it, you were talking about the passion uh, versus you know retirement and whatnot. Like maybe it's not about I can't retire because I don't have money, and versus passion to keep doing it. Uh, my father is sixty six and has had Parkinson's for the last couple of years, and he just got back from Bulgaria where they flew him to speak. And passion aside, nobody in my family wanted him to go. Nobody. Mm. And he was just like, this is what I do. You know, mm -hmm. this, this is what I do. And he doesn't, he didn't have to. It wasn't a money situation. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's my point about passion, that some pastors do it for the, the notoriety. Mm. My name continues to be on this building. Mm. I continue mm. to get the money. I continue mm. to get the, the power and the praise mm. and the control mm. that I get from this pulpit. And, and, and real pastors, anointed pastors, do it just for the love of God, mm. just because it's their calling and anointing to do. Mm. As you just said with your father, it wasn't about the money, mm. you know. He, he is dealing with an, an illness, but this is what God has anointed him to do. None of that matters. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, my point to more to that point, actually, is that none of us wanted to go. Me and my sister both were just extremely against it because, mm -hmm. you know, because it's a, it's a trip and it's a trip to an Eastern European country, which, you know, um, and uh, he I don't know. He didn't. He just never seemed to worry about it. And it's probably because of the same thing you're saying, like, no, this is this is what I'm he's, called he's to do. Right. And I'm so as long as I'm doing it, I'm going to be all right. Don't worry about it. You know, exactly. and I feel and like now, I'm getting Terry emotional in mm, these. Fakes. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm talking about me. I feel like I'm escalating like you do. When you get emotional <laughs> well, yeah. No, he's, he's, and now he's talking about going back. Uh, going back to Ethiopia, going back to Africa in general, uh, to to the school, like because he built a school over there. So yeah. and doing all that, I, yeah. And I get that. I get that you love it, and I get why. And I guess people... that's your dad. So if it was my father, I'm well, right. Exactly. Because, right. So I get you know, that that's your dad. Right. Yeah, but you know, like when certain things happen, it's it's difficult to do the normal things, much less go to a you know let's face it a dangerous place you know where you're gonna have armed guards walking you around everywhere mm. um and then throw <clears throat> you know throw the parkinson's on top of that right you know like right. It, at what point does it become irresponsible but you know what maybe that's a segment maybe that's a topic for a different day but i think for me it speaks to the anointing mm -hmm. and and i don't think that i would continue to be here on this podcast with the three of you if i didn't think that your fathers were called to the ministry mm -hmm. um i wouldn't if, mm -hmm. if there was at, at one point that i felt like your father was a motivational speaker or mm -hmm. your father was um, joel olstein just 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 <laughs> if my dad was joel olstein for <laughs> the name pastor or mm -hmm. the money he gets from the church yeah, or the praise he gets go. from the church or the way women look at him mm -hmm. when he on the pulpit or you know mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't still be here with you all. Mm. But to me, right, I can understand because with with my father and him suffering with the things that your father does, I would feel some type of way personally. Mm. But spiritually, I think it speaks to the anointing oh, yeah. which to, you know, in which we're speaking about, which is the difference mm. between these motivational preachers and pastors. Well, I don't know why I'm know, so in it. So, so no, spiritually, I couldn't be more proud of him. Spiritually, yes. I couldn't be more proud of him. Right. But as his son, right. I want to tie that. him to something. You know, I want to I want to <clears> pull <throat> Samuel L. Jackson and chain him to the radiator. You know? I understood. Now that uh, I, I understand, I understand. But I mean, because he he's like, oh, do you want to go? And I'm like, I'm healthy and and only forty two. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to go. That's it. Uh, that's not what I'm called to do. So right. it's, you know, but I certainly don't want you to go. So it is a conflict. And uh, before we run out of time, by the way, Rudy, when your voice is all uh, messed up like this, do you know you sound kind of white? <laughs> I, I, I didn't, but thank you. But what no, I was going to say, well, what I was going to say was your your dad aside, though. I I do I do think there's a difference between like being committed to ministry all your life as opposed to pastoring all your life. Like, I think that you, you know, somebody, if they were 90 years old I, and they were still the lead, like the head pastor and preaching every Sunday, it may be a bit much at that age. I can't really, you know, it's probably a case by case situation, but they probably would need somebody to do more of the day to day as opposed to just somebody who is, is doing engagements or going out of town or whatever the case, or even just overseeing the church in general. I think there is still a, a balance because there there always has to be some level of passing the torch. And I and I think that uh somehow it was definitely missed between our youth and the youth now. Like there there was and I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's ours, I don't know if it's the people that was before us, I don't know if it's the people that's after us, I don't know if it's the parents now, I don't know if it's the internet, I don't know if it's sage and crystals, I don't know if it's you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly where the the, the cutoff happened or the mark was missed. But even in the church that uh, we grew up in, in Atlanta, like the youth ministry just looks completely, even though they still have some of the same thing, youth day, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's nowhere near like what it looked like when we were growing up. Um, but then my auntie goes to a church in, in, in Illinois and it's in the Chicago area, but not right in the city. But, um, and she's like over the youth ministry and they have a huge youth ministry. You know what I'm saying? She talks about like, the different kids that was been in the program since they was fourth grade or whatever, and now are in college type thing and still keep up with her. So like, there are definitely churches that are still doing it, but um, I do think there, there was some level of a drop off. And even going back to Mike Todd, uh, when you were talking about the whole spit thing, Kelly, he actually has a book uh, that he just put out recently. And I, I only know this because he came up in my algorithm because he, he was, he was like doing a press run on different podcasts that, I've like watched before or even currently watch. And um, they they brought up in one of them, they brought up the whole like spit thing situation. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently <clears throat> he had done that like two times before with that same brother. Uh, that particular time for whatever reason was, was the time. I don't know if they didn't video the other ones or not, but uh, that was the time that it, that it went viral or whatever. And so he was even just kind of speaking to why he did and so on and so forth and i remember even like as i was watching him not about the spit thing specifically but as i was watching him in the podcast because i had never seen him in like an interview format where he's just Mm -hmm. sitting down talking he seemed very different to me than when i've watched him like in the pool because to me the few times i've watched him 
I ain't gonna lie, I got turned off pretty quick. Um, and it wasn't, and he wasn't even using the props at the time I watched him. This was just him, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it was, it was, it, it was the the context and what and what he and the content of what he was talking about. And it was, it was definitely a lot of fluff and motivational speaking to me. But it, but when he was sitting in this interview, he seemed more human. He seemed more humble. He seemed more a lot of things. But I always was thinking in the back of my mind, like, is this because he's selling a book? You know what I'm saying? Or is this really him? Um, and then, so then I even went and watched one of the recent sermons and I got turned off all, all over again. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and when I say turned off, like I'm not even making it five, like past five, 10 minutes into the sermon before I'm like, yeah, I've, I've had enough. And for me, because of like the changes that God has been taking me through, like I honestly get turned off by a lot of people real quick now. And it's not even just preachers, even motivational speakers, entrepreneurs I used to listen to. Uh, successful people or whatever, because I just I, I may hear just the vanity in what they're talking about, or just the whatever, just the lack of God thereof, just in any form or fashion, and um, and it just turns me off. Not that I judge them, not that I don't think that if you know if God didn't humble me or whatever the case may be, I couldn't have easily been them because I I could have. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, I always tell people it's easy to be grounded when you're near the ground, but being on a platform like that, you know, I see, I can see how it's easy for your head to get boosted. Everybody loves you. Everybody's telling you how great you are. You know, you, you got this. And even like a person like Mike Todd, like you have this big arena for a church or Joel Osteen, big arena for a church. TD Jakes don't have an arena, but if he has a huge church, you know, Noel Jones, all these different people have these big old churches and I'm not naming them to say they're all pieces of shit or nothing, but I'm just saying that, the, that, that they, I, I don't I don't look I don't look from low and look up at them and say, man, that's a dog in the shame. But even aside from them, I know preachers who don't even have nowhere near that platform who aspire to have what they have. And so they do a lot of the same things to try to get that. And it just makes it real, you know, like confusing, if you will, to to watch sometimes because you have you're always having to gauge a preacher's motives before you can really like hear what it is that they say, as opposed to, you know, there are certain people that out the gate, you can say, okay, I can finish this sermon. Like this is, you know, I can, I already like how they started this. I brought up your uncle last week, just in the Bible study. He wasn't even preaching, but the Bible, I've, I've never watched a Bible study on YouTube before in my life. Like, and I watched the whole thing from start to finish. I was engaged. I was writing notes. You know what I'm saying? Like I was in, but it, it was his approach. Like nothing about it was about him. Nothing about it was even this whole motivational thing. Like it was, I was really like learning and, uh, and I, and there, there wasn't nothing that necessarily even convicted me in it, but I still was learning. And so that I, I've, I've just really just been more attracted to that style now that I'm at this point in my life, but I'm pretty sure that there was times that I probably gravitated towards the motivational preaching and didn't even realize that that's what I was gravitating to because you know what I'm saying sometimes you can just be in the cycle of something so long that you just don't even know the difference and I think that that cycle started before now like I said earlier but it has just picked up so much steam that it's now not even just in the sermon it's in the entire it's in the praise and worship it's in everything like I, I literally watch praise and worship leaders on YouTube, like in the antics that they use to get people engaged in the song, as opposed to just 
singing, worshiping God and just allowing people to, you know, worship how they worship. Like they're, they're doing a lot. Like they're almost putting on a concert, a performance. You know what I'm saying? Like even the captions on the YouTube, it could be like, you know, uh, such and such singing her behind off. You know what I'm saying? And you, and, and so, and so you click on it cause you want to see her sing her behind off or, you know, such and such preacher, preacher closing it out in rare form. You know what I'm saying? So now you're going to watch him close it out in rare form as opposed to let me, let me actually get the word. And then, you know, whatever comes of it comes of it as far as like their delivery, but that's being the selling point. You know what I'm saying? That they're singing their behind off that they're closing it out, you know, in rare form that they're, you know, hooping they behind off. Like they're like that. That's what, and, and I, I'm thinking this way because I'm the one who makes captions and stuff for YouTube or whatever. So I know that people use captions and titles as a part of clickbait on top of the thumbnail they're going to use with the person mouth wide open, holding the microphone, <laughs> head rear back singing because they want, they want those things to draw you in to get the views up and, you know, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's like I said, it didn't just start, but the internet and the, the time that we live in, live in now, definitely allow it to um to grow in a, in a way that I, I i don't know how you know how safe it is my question and is it doesn't even have an answer to it or it may not have an answer to it but is is the word no longer enough well, um, oh I, go ahead. That. I thought that was the question that um, is the question okay um i i held off this far because I didn't want to put it out there, but my father actually has done some motivational speaking, both secular and non-secular. Mm -hmm. um, and I have noticed just by watching some of the videos and things that, because he's put on videos online and different things like that, um, whether it's, this is from this scripture when he's doing non-secular, uh, it's uh, this is from this and he uses it for that, or whether it's secular and he just kind of, takes the message from this particular story or a particular thing and then just you know shines just you know sands the edges down and makes it a story that's good for uh motivational speaking um but he always brings it back to the bible somehow you know whether it be in your face or whether it be very subtle it's it's always coming back to that for him but <clears throat> again as we said before, he keeps those worlds very separate. Mm. You know, like if he's preaching, you're gonna know he's preaching. If if he's doing a, a you know a, a speech or you know a talk at a place or wherever, um, you might not know he's preaching at you, but he's still preaching at you. But right, that underbelly. Yes, right. it's it's very Absolutely. subtle and it's underneath, and, and but the message is still coming through it's, it's just coming through a different absolutely you know. and i think as we've said i think there's spaces for the both of them mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. and even answer your question kelly and then I, I do have to go unless anybody has one thing more to close it out but as far as the word being enough um it is enough but i just don't think that it's preached with that intent enough for people to accept because like i said it's not only the people who are preaching it who are using motivation but a lot of people who attend church are only looking for motivation they don't really want conviction they don't really want correction no you know what i'm saying people in general outside of church 
don't right. want don't want accountability. You know what I'm right. saying? Nobody wants to be held accountable. Like right. that's a that's a you know having to look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm messed up. I'm I'm whatever. It's way easier to watch other people, even if it's a Krishan and Blueface thing. Like I rather watch how messed up your life is as opposed to a taking accountability for mine. You know what I'm saying? So that having that spirit outside of church just flows right into church and. As long as I can feel good and have hope that one day my situation will get better because of, you know, I'm going to church, you're saying what you're, the preacher's saying what he's saying, I'll hang on to that as opposed to, you know, learning about, you know, actually like repenting and what that really means or the power of the blood of Jesus or, you know, why the kingdom, you know, uh, why you need <clears throat> kingdom focus as opposed to focused on the things of this earth and so on and so forth. Like, all of those things, people, that, that's not sexy. You know what I'm saying? But you telling Whoa, me, you telling that, me to turn around three times and shout out loud and I'll get a car. That's that's what most people want to hear. And so that's what they get fed. That was going to be my answer to your question. Is the word enough? Not for everybody. It's just not for everybody. Sometimes you got to go and meet them where they are and kind of gradually, slowly, because some people have real problems with the church you know, through past experiences or traumatic events or whatever. So the, the second you say of scripture, the second you say the Bible or anything from it, they just shut right down, you know, because there's been a lot of bad situation for a lot of people based around the church. And when you're trying to reach somebody like that, it's like trying to grab a porcupine. You got to be real, real careful. You know, yeah. but meeting, meeting people where they are and, and motivational speaking, I still think it's two different approaches. Like you can, you can, you can hide the medicine, you know, in the candy type thing, but, mm. but just flat out fluff just for the sake of motivation. I, I think, um, I think that still should be a separate entity. Well, I meant hide the medicine. Sure, for sure. No, and then, sure. and then you gradually bring right. them closer, you know, not for sure. <clears throat> it's like All dealing right. with one of those Katrina dogs. <laughs> Jay Rihanna, you got anything? You got to. I do, but we'll just save it because you got to go. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. We were all too aggressive we're... with our opinions. I'm well, sorry. I, I, hope I hope your watermelons are doing good. <laughs> all right. Until next time. <laughs> right, right. I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all watching. We the worst ones. We are. Hey. 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 Hey.